JB, let me ask you something. Like, you 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 do look at these numbers constantly. Like, how many? How much growth is there still to go in in terms or numbers that we still haven't scratched the surface on? Is there like I, I you watch baseball over the years and yeah. they're come like a, a whip a, a what a, what I do know. these letters stand for and is, is there still a ton of growth in terms of stuff that we haven't discovered to look at? It's a wonderful, wonderful question. I, I really feel like there's um. Hockey has yet to figure out analytics. Like we, we don't, we're terrible at it still. You know, we, we have some stuff that sort of helps, but there's no catch all. Like baseball has war, like wins above replacement. Hockey has a bunch of models out there. People trying to create it. We can't do it. What would, what would analytics say about a guy like Scott Gomez, Stanley cup champion, all-star the numbers would probably be off the charts. Good. Just the greatest player in the world. My guess. Scott, yeah. and any idea whether you'd have good analytics or not? I well, it's 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 a good, I guess, good point of coming into. But Kipper, I don't know if you were still playing when they started bringing out, you know, the stat sheets and the the coaches would bring over like turnovers, and you'd come in the rink the next day, and if you had a red mark, that means you turned it over, you know, it looked bad. Let's say. Well, me compared to, and I'll go with my boy, Jim McKenzie. Yeah, we're going to have different numbers because I had the puck the whole night. He barely touched it. But now I'm the, next, I'm the, guy, I'm the guy in the meeting. And Big Mac, you know, I've gone over this with him, so he's not going to beat me up or anything. But, but I'm the guy in the meeting that looks like I turned it over. Well, why wasn't that ever explained? Well, yeah, I'm going to have more turnovers because I got the puck more. And there was other ones that uh, I was, you know, the Steve Aliquette. Another great, I mean, I was a passer, right? That was my that was my forte. That's what I love to do. But where was my stat that I set up three guys or four guys, point empty, uh, they could have had a point empty goal, and yet don't I get a – where was my stat for that? So I was always one of those guys that if you're going to do this, we'll explain it. But I don't know if you had those coaches, Kipper, where, you know, they were just it, – it was like – it was almost just kind of fake news. Like it just gets up there so it looks like uh, the coaches got something to do. Because some of them <laughs> – I mean, I don't know. I I just, that's where I kind of, if you're going to explain it, we'll explain it. You're saying, it's like, I was, uh, one year of the Devils, uh, that last year I played, I was minus 11, right? Looks horrible. Eight of those goals were from empty nets. Yeah. So, you know, you know what I mean? Like, okay, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm the one out there at the end, you know, trying to score, but yet I'm, but this looks bad now. It looks like I'm a minus guy because there's a lot of stuff that, uh, the analytics, I mean, I don't know how I do, but I know that, uh, we had a couple coaches that I'd always be on the, the naughty list just for the fact that like the turnovers and stuff. Well, well, yeah, maybe I'm trying something in the offensive zone that if it goes through a guy's got a point blank shot, if it doesn't, okay, well, that's a turnover. Like uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky slope. I think all I know is after the games on the road, the quietest would be the first five minutes on the bus because everybody was staring at the game sheet and all you could hear in, in, when I was with Washington is Dino Cicerelli going, yep, 14 and a half minutes tonight. 14 and a half <laughs> minutes. <laughs> it's just, it's just he wasn't very happy. But it was the ice time. Turner Stevenson, yeah, Turner Stevenson taught us that. Where he, he said, I, didn't, I always thought the sheets were, were there for all you guys all those years. And Turner said, I think around 95, 96, they came in. 
And it's so funny for people that know that. That's the first thing guys would do, get their stuff off, grab the sheet, and go right to the ice time. And, you know, guys weren't happy. I mean, it was just, it's kind of, some guys are looking at hits. Some guys, it's just like the shots. Like, you know, I mean, there was one game, let's say I had eight shots on that. I'm pumped. Well, if you really think of those shots, uh, none of them were going to go in. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've, I've had a bad game. I just want my, I'm barely playing. I just want to get my, I want something on the stats. Okay, from, from, from the side of the board to get a shot. We used to joke about that. But, uh, you know, the, the, you talk about being quiet on the bus. Lou, uh, I think one of the years he, like poor PR guys, they weren't even allowed to bring the, the stats, uh, uh, you know, in the room or anything. <laughs> so, you know, you had to go to the other room while you're walking out and of course you'd grab one. And then you think it was quiet on your guys' bus. You should have saw us passing it around. Like, you know, <laughs> and maybe one guy wants to see it and you're like, nah, you probably don't want to see this one tonight, bud. Like, <laughs> you're reading it from your shoes because <laughs> you don't want anybody yeah, to you're, see you're, it. And you're sneaking, and you're sneaking a beer. I mean, that's even harder. You're trying to sneak a beer and, uh, and hide your sheet, but uh, yeah, so it's a tough it's combo. Kind of, what well, one of the kind of this. the stats that actually is around right now that there there's kind of last year or two is shot assists, which is exactly what you're talking about. So you must have an appreciation for Mitch Marner's game, who so far this year has one assist and has you know set up John Tavares a half dozen times. Is he a guy you watch and see a little yourself in? I mean, if it's on, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get anyone mad. I'm not comparing myself to that kid at all, but yeah, I mean. like his game and just by that stat, I mean, where was that stat when I was playing? You can be happy with that (laughs) stat because it's like, one, it's going to go, you know, sooner or later it's going to go in. It's like when me and Elias and Gianta played together, you know, if we maybe didn't get a point that night or, you know, we were off or we'd always go by our chances, even when we were on. Like if we did get a three-point night, it was like we could have had five because of that one. Or if we didn't have a point, we still felt good about ourselves because, hey, we still had chances. It's when you got – it's when you, you're not getting the chances, like a guy like Mitch Marner sure would be uh, – that's when you start getting nervous. But it's so early in the season that uh, I, you know, I, I don't think this guy should worry about it at all right now. Love the, the reference to Lou Lamarillo and, and not allowing game sheets on the bus. I love that already. Of course, uh, Gogo, you know that uh, Lou was here. Uh, Brendan Shanahan had to make a, a decision. Uh, he went with the, the young, the new, the hip, and essentially – Many thought it's over for Lou, right? Put the dinosaur away. All, all the dinosaur has done is go to the New York Islanders and become executive of the year and put that team in a position to maybe win the Stanley Cup. How surprised are you that Lou still gets results when it's a much different feel between, say, now the Islanders and Lou and Lou's rules and what maybe Kyle Dubas is because they're, they're, they're complete opposites. Kyle wants to get it done with a lot of uh, support, a lot of hugs, a lot of, lots of pats on the back. That's not Lou. Maybe not Lou still today. Well, no, I mean, I, here's the misconception about Lou, and I'll, I'll, give, uh, I'll give him, um, you know, deserves all the credit for me and stuff, but one thing about Lou was weird. People didn't realize, and it's, it's funny. When we were winning, he was, he was a, you know what, to be around. Because he didn't want anyone complacent. He didn't want anyone. So it was almost like, you know, man, we should, we should stop winning and get this guy off us. <laughs> when, we lost, when we lost, and we were like a two or three game, you know, let's say, I mean, back then, I, I can't remember going past three games. Three games, was, I mean, holy cow where you're almost scared to walk in the building to see him. And he's the first guy that would like 
grab you and like deposit, be so positive with you. It was kind of eerie. So people didn't understand that, that he was, when things were down, I mean, the guy never, and still to this day, I mean, me and coach with them that, that year, he, he's not going to get rattled. It's like a Belichick. You hear all these, uh, you hear all these teams and, you know, when you went to different teams, they all want to know what's his secret. They all want to know what he's like. They, they really don't want to know because what you're doing right here, this would never happen. This would never happen. We waited for a bus for two, uh, for five minutes. That would never happen. Like, and then, you know, people don't want to hear that. Cause, but, they, but then again, it looks, it looks good to say, oh, we love to run it like Lou and it's in a system. And, you know, the Islanders, they were just, uh, you know, he, he brought in the more, uh, you know, not professionalism. Cause you know, I think Gus Snow still doesn't get a, enough credit. I mean, a lot of those guys are his picks. I mean, you know, you look at the honors lineup, it's, it's, those are a lot from Snowy's uh, print. But what Lou does provide is you're not taking anything away from Snowy or any, any other other uh, GM out there. I mean, I don't know, but I've been places. But one thing you're going to get, you're going to really realize what it's like to be a professional and how things are done. Like whether, you know, no, uh, I'll tell you one thing. When I left and, you know, there was guys late to a meeting or late getting on the ice and just little stuff like that, you, I, I just didn't think that happened ever. Like what? I mean, because with Lou – all that, all the BS and all that, he's, it's, it's, it's not gone. You're going to be a professional now. And also, all the noise outside, he's taken away. Like uh, the media, um, you know, if there's problems, I mean, he's the first guy that will, will jump up and, uh, and handle it. And as a player, he had a pretty simple job, just to uh, take care of it on the ice. And uh, if you've got problems off the ice, he'd be the first one there to, you know, help you and support you. And I think people, you know, don't get me wrong. He's still scary. I don't even know how old he is. I mean, he still walks in the room. You're going to tighten up. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the way it is. But I, you know, I he's a guy that he's stuck with his vows or values. I mean, he's never changed. He's never changed for good or bad. There's some good and bad. I mean, there's stuff you're just like, oh, come on, man, you got to loosen up. But when it came down to it, it's the closest thing to Belichick. It is about winning. With, with the, whatever with... it takes to win. Scott, with the with the Lou rules, like some of the stuff that you'd hear about, you could you couldn't uh, you needed to tape your shin pads a certain way. The hair, like the Leaf players, are excited uh, the last few days because they've loosened up the dress code, and there's not a chance that Lou would ever do that. Well, do you know where a lot of those rules came from? This is a trivia question that uh, that I mean, he's always had some rules, but. Um, my second year in the league, we had all rules. Now we, uh, you know, um, short hair, uh, you know, some guys got away with stuff, but like, uh, had to be clean shaved, all that. Well, it's when Steinbrenner bought, brought the, bought the, the yes network, bought the devils and him and Steinbrenner were boys, like almost father and son. I mean, they did the respect those two had. And next thing you know, we got all Yankee rules. Like we had Yankee rules. <laughs> here's a, here's, Here's a good one. I'll give you a good Lou. I mean, he's the man. I mean, like I said, you can go back to all of us and we probably all our careers. This guy, like, just going up in that system. Like, but there was some crazy ones. Like, uh, we'd be in Florida. Well, we had to wear suits everywhere. So you're on the road. You're in a phone. I mean, we have to wear a suit everywhere. And like, if it was 92 degrees in Florida, we could take our coats off. And walk around without a suit coat. What a treat! But if it was but if it was ninety one, ninety one degrees, nope, we had to wear coats. This is stuff like that. Like I mean, we, uh, yeah, I mean, you look back now, we, it's it's funny to think of because, but people don't realize it's just it's more of like you had the strict parent, 
and we just had to find other ways how to how to go around it because we still had a blast. But uh, yeah, it's a little different when uh, when the, when the boss is there at seven in the morning uh, with the bus ride, and uh, we're in Calgary, we stayed a night in Calgary or someplace, and you know you still got to walk by them. You better you better straighten up no matter what time you went to bed or what's going your system. You, I mean, it's uh, you couldn't yeah. get Scott Stevens to go. Scott, go talk to that guy. It's it's literally. It wasn't even uh, like Scotty took care. I mean, the reason, you know, the reason why we all won is because Scotty and my the, the way Scotty was hockey. Like that didn't really, you know, that that didn't really bother him. I remember the one one time we were talking about this at the reunion. So we busted Philly. So we would uh, we would go. Um, we leave from the practice rink. So we practice. You know, you got your suit on because you had to have your suit on on the bus, and no matter what time it was, and Scotty. Uh, you know, he gets off and he, he's coming. Or I, I don't think we have practice. You just had to be at the bus. So we're coming on the bus and here comes Scotty and he's got like a sweatsuit off and on that he's going to be comfortable on the ride, which you think would be normal. And man, I mean, Lou's face just, he jumps off the bus, grabs Scotty, and you can just tell that. I mean, if Scotty could, he'd probably rip his head off. If Lou could rip his head off. But just the stare down in the talk, it was just like, oh my God, we're like, we're never going to wear, uh, we're not going to have to wear suits again. All right. On the bus. Scotty went back in and changed. Oh. <laughs> so, it was, but it was just, it was just, that's his principle. I mean, like one time Lou grabbed me and he said, um, Hey, uh, you know, and it's, it's hard not to do his voice. So he, he knows, I mean, but he's like, Scotty, I want you to do me a favor. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, what's up? And he's like, I want you to wear a suit for a week. Because I want you to, because he saw me, I was reading a Joe DiMaggio book, and, you know, Lou was a big baseball guy like him. So we're talking about it, and he goes, you know, Joe DiMaggio would never be without a suit, let's say. And I, he goes, I want you to wear a suit. And I said, uh, okay. He goes, because when you wear a suit, you feel, you feel, you know, I'm like, okay. And he, he, I said to him, I go, well, there's a little difference, though. And he, he could already tell I was kind of a little smart at whatever, and he goes, he says, um, I go, well, there's a little difference. I go, why? And I go, you're wearing Canali suits. My suit is a Joe Brown suit. Your suit feels <laughs> way different than mine. If, I, if you send me to your tailor guy, because Canali, he'd have, because uh, we get our suits from Canali a lot. And Lou, you'd go in there and Lou's rack would just be, he could take it right off the rack. And, you know, the, the guy, Canali George, would be like, yeah, that's all Lou stuff. And I remember saying to him, I was like, yeah, if you send me to Canali and uh, set me up, I'll wear a suit. I'll wear a suit every time you want. He'd just, you know, get out of here, whatever. But yeah. It was, uh, he stuck to his, 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 his guns and he always has, he always has, he always will. And, and the, the main thing is the guy wins and it's, but when you go there and you're in that atmosphere, you do realize that winning is the only important thing. I mean, yeah, like I said, there's stuff that, that is still crazy. I mean, it's, it's 2000, you know, 22 or 21, whatever. It's just, you know, he's not going to change, but he gets the results. So when a guy gets the results, it's like, it's, uh, you almost just got, to the point where you're like, oh, don't worry about it. It is what it is. So if you were a general manager today, what would there, what would your team's dress code be? I'm still, I, I was you know, talking with the, I was talking with a couple guys the other night about that. And I, I'm still maybe a little old school like that. I still think it was great going to the game, dressed up in your best. Um, I, I mean, when I went to the Rangers, we didn't have to wear a tie. I thought that was great. I'm like that. I'm still, is that right or wrong? I don't know. Maybe I'm just brainwashed from being in the devil system. But yeah. as far as, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, kids are different these days. I mean, they, it, it's, is it a big deal? Who knows? 
I mean, but me personally, I used to think like, man, you know, you're dressing up for a show game. It's the NHL. You're walking in with, you know, it's, you know, the fashion today is just, I mean, it's unreal. I mean, compared to what we had, but uh, that's a tough, I can't really answer that because I, I don't know. I, I've been away from it too long where is it really that big a deal if a guy wears a jeans for the game? Who knows? But I do know, like, one thing about our game was just, you know, hey, it was game day. It's a different day. It's uh, You're putting on your best, and uh, you're walking to the rink. You're feeling different. That's my opinion. But, you know, I I don't know. I don't I mean, that's, I'm the wrong guy to ask on that one. So you guys were, like, the height of professionalism. What's your guys'? guys's? Well, we, we've had that debate. I'm uh... – I'm kind of with you. I'm, you know, we're about the same age and I, I kind of feel the same way. I still feel like the suit's the way to go, but I don't want to say that out loud because apparently that's denying people personality. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, that is a tough call. First of it's all, a tough point. I mean, no, yeah, it's not tough. It's not tough. Okay. <laughs> and you are not the wrong guy to ask. You are the right guy to ask. It's true. Because you, you get it where you want, you want what's easier, most more, more comfortable. But here's the difference is that you understand that it's not really about the suit. And this is Lou. It's not about the suit. It's about the, the discipline and the attention to detail that it takes to do it. And that's what Lou wants. It's just, it's a discipline. It's, you know, it's like sometimes my, my kid, when, when it was younger, it'd be like, why do I have to make my bed? I'm only going to jump in it and sleep in again, you know, and 10 hours later. And it's like, because it's a discipline, because it's, it's the attention to detail. And if you, if you have yeah. the attention to detail on, on what you wear, then there's a chance that there's going to be a, a repetition in the way you live. And that's what wearing a suit and tie is really about. It's about the discipline and the attention to details that comes with it. And that's why Lou still gets away with it. And listen, if you won no championships, if there's no Stanley Cups, Scott, I guarantee you'd be sitting here telling me, who cares about a suit? But you, yeah, you I mean, get it. You get it. You won championships. It's, it's more. It's more. It's more of a. It's you know what I'm gonna say. Like some of the guys, like they would wear a suit that it was just like, holy cow, you're wearing that. Just, but and just saying of the history of our game. I mean, you know, the boy, hey, just being a kid. And I'm, and I'm, I don't know, you know, this generation. I don't know it's different. But I remember, you know, when you got fortunate to go see a, an NHL game and you got to see the guys after. And you're just like, man, look at that suit. You know, wow, I, I, I want to dress like that. Kids are different. It's, uh, you, know, it, and, you know, I mean, are guys going to be wearing shorts to the game now? Or it's, it's, it's like you said, it's not about the clothing or taking away someone's right with the wear. No, it's just like yeah, the question was to me, what do I think of the fashion? I was like, hey, I still think it's great to wear a suit to an NHL hockey game, to walk in the building and, and let's not get it. You can say it's uncomfortable all you want. Yeah, right. We've all had the, right. the fashion day with these guys. In the, I mean, these, you put on one of those $1,000 suits or whatever it costs. Yeah, it's not uncomfortable. I'll put it to you that way. It's like wearing Lululemon spandex. There's so much material. It's fantastic, the, uh, the new suits. So, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so everything's the height of, like, professionalism with the New Jersey Devils. 2003, you were there from, uh, was it 1999 to 07? Right in the middle of that is an NHL lockout. Uh, I'm up at the University of Alaska playing for the Seawolves at the time, and you came to play for the the Aces. Like going from a Lou Run New Jersey Devils team to play for the Alaska Aces of the ECHL. Uh, I'm, I'll, I tell the story all the time about watching you on the power play in that league at that level. 
and like physically stopping, standing up and directing traffic, pointing at people and then just like bing, bang, goal. It, it was really comical watching you at that level. What was your experience like playing in the ECH level, uh, ECHL in the middle of that great career? I mean, it could be a book. <laughs> first <laughs> yeah. of all. So some days at Chilkoots, I know uh, that. First of all, first of all, no, actually it was that other bar. Uh, F Street. that thing down Tudor. No, no, it actually was a starting point, but then Platinum I went Jacks? up to play anchors. <laughs> no, I wanted, and it, was, I, it was the one on Tudor. Anyway, but um, so I come from Lou. I, I went out to Russia for Igor Larionov. I was going to go see the team. I, I'd already started practicing with the with the Aces. I skate with them. There were six Alaskan kids that I grew up with. I got to meet some of the greatest guys, personalities in hockey. Keith McCambridge, a, a Ryan Bassett, so to say. So I kind of was like leaning towards that way. So I get there, and right away the coach was going to make sure that I wasn't going to get any special treatment or anything. And I'm like, okay, that's that's fine. And I um, we the first we have a three and three. I don't know the last time I ever played a three and three. Um, we played, and then there was a Halloween party. I think I was out all night. Played the next day, and then the third day was like, what is this? Okay. So then the next morning. Uh, we played Sunday. The next morning, Monday morning, our flight's at 6 a.m. We fly to L.A., fly stop in Seattle, a couple hours layover, fly to L.A. Uh, we bust down to Fresno, which is like five hours or something like that, play Fresno, get back on the bus, and go back up to San Diego and play them. That was the only time I sat there and was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? This is, this is going to be awful. <laughs> um, then we get on the plane. We get on the plane, and I got a middle seat. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, I, I don't want to act like I'm, you know. You're a big wheel. You are a big wheel. Uh, I, go to, I go to my boy, Mike Lee, grew up yeah. with him, and I said, Leezy, I'll give you 50 bucks if you, if you switch seats with me. <laughs> and he grabs it right away. And so I'm, I'm sitting in an aisle, our window, whatever. And uh, Joe Talbert comes up to me and goes, Gomer, hey, you're in the coast now. And I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? He goes, you would have done it for five bucks. So I'm like, oh, okay. so you're, you're learning the ins and outs. The hockey, I did stuff there on the ice that if it would have been regular NHL, I probably would have been suspended for 20 to 30 games. But I kind of had to establish myself, like, because there's guys, you know, trying to take liberties and stuff, but you kind of had to show them, like, hey, I'm not taking any of this. But as far as getting away from Lou for a year and still being, like, 23, 24, uh, guys, I can't even tell you the fun I had. I mean, it was just not knowing that the old man wasn't there, and knowing that there was you know no rules, sort of say it was a it was a year for for the books. I mean, he just uh, I remember one, I remember one time um, we had a curfew. I didn't know what that was, and he goes, um, the coach goes, he grabs me and he talks to me in the room, three of us, or me first, and he goes, uh, you know, right. What would you? What would? Uh, what would happen if Lou Lamarillo was here? And I said, Well, what time do I get back? And he goes, I made, you know, I made my last phone call at like one thirty. And I said, Well, if Lou were here, I wouldn't get back till about two thirty. And people don't realize when you miss curfew with Lou and the Devils, you better miss it. Like that was like, <laughs> you're gonna, you know, it happens to all of us. You're gonna miss curfew, but that was one of the rules. I remember we were in Vancouver, and it was gonna be one of those nights. And I come to the vets, like, Hey, do not come back. You know, curfew's at eleven. Do not come back at 11:30 or whatever. You don't know if the old man's going to be around or. So that was so the coach. You should have saw the coach's eyes when I told him that. I was like, yeah, I would have been back at 2:30 then if I, you know, if you're asking about Lou. And I was like, don't ever call my room again. Let's put it that way. Like 
come on, I, you don't know where we have to deal with all the rules of the devil. I didn't come play for the Aces and, and have that at all. But it was it was a great experience. It was fun. You saw the the town was rocking. It was uh, I got to, I mean some of my closest friends are still from that team, and um, yeah, it was uh, and there were some good hockey players. I mean, a couple of guys made it up to got some games in the show, and uh, it, it was it was great for the town and great for everything. But I was probably one of the only guys that maybe didn't want the league to start because I think and this is no word of a lie. I think I was like two fifteen to two twenty. <laughs> 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 and I was so scared if it starts up, man, I'm probably going to get to that. I, I was, yeah, I was pretty nervous about that. So, so it, it was brutal that we, we, uh, we held out of here, but if I would have showed up at the rink at two two twenty, oh Oh my God, I don't even know what would have happened. Uh, we're probably we're overextending. We're, we're overextending ourselves. You okay for a little bit more time because uh, I'm really enjoying yeah, story yeah, time yeah. with uh, Scott Gomez right now. Uh, Mark Bergevin no, had a, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll text the, I'll text the producer and all right, I'll good. Him if I want to get off, but good. no, I'm right. here for you guys. Thanks. Um, Mark Bergevin after four games, uh, had a press conference, I think just to, to calm the waters a little bit. You had a taste of course of Montreal in your career. Also the Rangers, uh, your cups, but, uh, speak of Montreal today, uh, in terms of, Scott, what you felt about playing in that city and what an 0-4 start would feel like for those players, especially coming off with the success that they had last year. What do you make of Bergevin after four games? I just, I, you know, from experience, and it probably seems odd for, for so many levels, so many reasons, but in a place like that, Bergeron, he had to do that. He had to probably say, like, hey, calm down. I mean, like, it, people who don't realize... You guys were, I mean, to play in Toronto, so it's the magnitude of this. And, and the media has so much say. And that, that was one thing I, I wasn't aware of when, like, you come here. I mean, like I said, I had Lou all those years, the Rangers, not quite to that extent. But, I mean, you're in there where the media is almost treated better. Like, they, because if they write something bad about you, you don't want to get on their bad side. Where, you know, I come from the Lou Lamarillo school, I could care less. And in a city like that, yeah, I'm sure the, the panic. I mean, they all want an excuse, and, and, and they're passionate fans. I mean, I know I had that that horrible year there. People want me to just bash Montreal. That was one of the funnest places to play when things were going good. But in saying that, it, it's it's still you got to expect that. And I'm sure these young guys are finally getting a taste of. I mean, they go on that run last year. They're the they're the they're the kings of the city, and that's how fast a place like that will turn. And it's like, and I think for Bergeron just to kind of remind, you know, everyone around, like, hey, it's you know, it's just it's an early start. I mean, let's not start, uh, you know, we're missing the best goaltender in the world. Um, there's other things around. I mean, that was a big, big blow. Guys, guys are probably, you know, worried about Pricer and, and, but just knowing what goes on in Montreal and those cities, I mean, yeah, it's, it's something to talk about. It's something for, for the media. It's something for them to get their say out. It's for them to be heard. Whereas a player, you start buying into that, that they've already won. But I think with Bergeron, it just shows you, like I said, the magnitude of playing in a place like that where after an 0-4 start, he's got to do a press conference. And it might seem weird to people, but he's, he, he also shows he's sticking up for his guys and, and you know, maybe he'll, you know, put the pressure on him a little bit. But it's so early in the season. I mean, it just, it's, it's Montreal. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Well, no, no question. And it did resonate today. There's, yeah, you make an excellent point uh, about uh, Bergevin needing to uh, – to kind of feed the beast here. And that, of course, as you said, arguably the most powerful media in hockey in Montreal. Hey, Scott, thanks for doing this, man. 
uh, please don't be a stranger on on our show. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna come right back at you real soon. No problem, guys. Anytime. Good luck. Love the man. Appreciate right. it, Scott Gomez. That was awesome. He's a he's a legend. As a college kid going to a bar and Scott Gomez is standing there, he would buy a table of just Coors Light bottles and stand in front of them like the guard and just hand them out to call our teammates as we walked by, our college uh, brethren. We just thought he was just the coolest guy in the world because he was. Because he's giving out free beer. Free beer is like five bucks a beer in Alaska. This guy's giving them out for free. It was, he was like the Wizard of Oz plus. Interesting stuff on, on Lou, Lam- Lou Lamarillo. Yeah. And just... Uh, just the mindset, never giving you any chance to truly relax. No. When you win, he he kept you even more honest. Yeah. So, like, I had a couple of Lou run-ins when I was with the Marlies. Obviously, he was with the Leafs. And he treated the AHL staff. We got NHL per diem. He did everything he could to take care of all the guys, right? Like, he wanted to yeah. make everyone feel included. But... You know, I, the shaving thing applied to everyone, and Lou had he confronted me about it in the, in the bowels of a Buffalo arena once, and it was the most scared of any man I've ever been. It was like the end of the Leafs training camp. Yeah, I'm four days of stubble, and he walks into the room and he goes, "Does anyone have five dollars so I can buy this kid a mother, you know, razor?" And I was like, "What?" So yeah, and he, he's dead serious yeah, about it, man. And no joke. You, you still heard stories about Lou pulling guys off the uh, bench. Um, I'm not sure it was a guy uh, from the Marlies. He pulled them off the bench so he can go back and shave. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Middle of practice. Yeah, 100% believe that. The, uh, you, you, very, very, you know, the point you made, I hope they clipped the point you made and we run it on social media about that it's about discipline. None of it is about anything else but that. It's about if you'll fall in line with the little things, I trust you're going to fall in lines with the big things. So this is one of the stories coming from New Jersey. So he gets hired by the Leafs, comes to, to Toronto, and they're setting up his office and his fax machine. His fax machine is crucial because he gets all his information from the American League team and he gets everything faxed to him, even well past people when people are faxing. And he goes, all right, now I need that, I need that machine encrypted. And they're like, what? And they're like, he's like, yeah, in New Jersey, I had an encrypted fax machine. Like, well, that doesn't even, so just, that doesn't exist. So obviously New Jersey, someone told them his fax machine was encrypted. So they changed a, a red wire to a blue one and told them they had encrypted it. Because Lou is that secretive, that discipline. This is like the way he operates, man. He's, none of it's a joke. There's all types of stories and rumors. And I, sometimes you just don't know what's true or what isn't. Yeah. Um, but one that I did hear, and again, I can't confirm it and I wouldn't, dare you know ask Lou if it's true or not but there was a sense that uh, uh, players in New Jersey uh, were offered uh, transponders for their vehicles for their vehicles yeah and the team was going to pay for them (laughs) and your first thought is that's great I don't have to pay for it sure the second thought is Lou the team will know 
when you're in Manhattan and when you're not in Manhattan <laughs> and what time yeah. you leave and go from New York City. Volunteered to pay for everyone's easy passes, <laughs> eh? <laughs> That's, that wouldn't surprise me. So hey, The point, though, he would love that this ha- exists. Even if these stories get blown out of proportion, he would love to have this reputation, right? Because that's it keeps people in line before he even does anything. They say, oh, Lou, you got to be on your best behavior, Lou. People fall in line before he does or says anything, which is the whole point of this. It's pretty impressive. So, and then, JB, there's two schools of thoughts that if you make it easier for the guys, then there's a chance that they'll think other things might come easier to them. And I think with here in Toronto with MLSE, I think the tendency in the past is let's make it great here. So we'll make it really comfortable. We'll have the best of this, the best of that. Uh, You're going to love it here. And even when I heard that the dress code is going to be more relaxed, I'm not sure the best thing right now for this particular group is comfort and relaxation. I don't, I, I, maybe it should be the opposite. Maybe it should be a little bit more uncomfortable. You know what I think it has to be? That's the Lou theory is that don't be comfortable because if you are, then I may get to the point where uh, you think it's a country club and it's not. You're here to win. But Kyle Dubas cannot be Lou and what you have to be is authentic. You cannot be a phony. If I if I come on the air here with you and I start ranting and raving, hot takes, this and that, you're going to see right through me. Not who I am. I don't have that in me. If Kyle Dubas says we're doing suits and we're doing curfews and I'm doing an encrypted fax machine and no facial hair, everyone's going to go, come on, kid. You're, you're the guy you like wrestling in the Arkells. Not buying it. So it's on the players to take responsibility for their own preparation their own commitment. But there has to there has to be a side where Kyle may be authentic and be pissed off. Well, he does get that. That is so, a trait of his. But it, then then it would come natural for Kyle to say, "Okay, um, I, I try to I try to get the most out of you with some you know tender love and care, and it's now music and um, practice, and and, and yeah. now I'm going to try it a different way because at the end, if I if I'm going to lose my job." then I got to try it a different way. I can't just try it all about, you know, love and support and trusting the process. That's true. And I I would think at some point Kyle would try something else besides making these guys feel as comfortable as they can. I think there is a good point to be made about him maybe needing to change the way his authentic self is. You know, that you mature and grow up and realize that maybe that's not the best way to run a business or a team or, you it, know. Uh, it, it's still new to Kyle. Kyle's still new in in, in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been around for a while. He didn't have the general manager's title, but he was there and he had major input even when Lou was there. Lou kind of pushed him off to the Marlies a little bit, but For sure uh, he did. He, he, but, he but he was still. Stuffed him down there. But he was still <laughs> around it. And I got to think that, you know, Kyle 
has tried stuff that hasn't worked, and it's your job to find different ways. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point. And if it means now showing these guys that I tried it this way and I didn't really get you guys to respond, then I'm going to have to try another way. I guess I'm, I'm the experience I'm kind of drawn on when I talk about this is when I was named a captain in college and I tried to be like a hard ass for like, for like a year of my life and tried to like hold guys accountable to stuff. And it's not that you can't, it's just about finding your way to do it. And you're right. I think guys could use the discipline, the belief in that there are repercussions and consequences when things go wrong. Uh, I guess he just would approach it in a different way than the Lou way, which is make you feel like you might get assassinated if you mess up. That's not going to just, it just seems with Lou, it's crystal clear. We're, we're only here for one reason. It does paint a very clear focus, doesn't okay. it? To win. Yeah. Okay. We're not here for any other reason, but to win. And it just, I, I, I see Kyle still learning how to wear maybe different hats still. Mm-hmm. And there are times when you got to keep the boys guessing. And when you think you, you can relax, that's when maybe it gets harder. And it is, it's very much Lou. Like there were times with Mark Messier, it'd be like, we're going out tonight. He says, no, I don't care if we won tonight. We played like shit. I'm, we're not going out. Right. And be like, this <laughs> makes no sense. Right. And then there's some nights when we lose, he wants to go out because he thinks maybe that's, it's a good time to go out. Maybe get, get a little truth serum going here and maybe call a few people out mm-hmm. on what's, but it was like one of those, Oh my God, I wish I could just figure him out. And no, no, that's not, that's not the way it goes. You know, there are moments with uh, the Marlies and Kyle where, you know, he's smashing stuff. You know, uh, frustrated, angry, you know, and seeing that side of him, you know, you see in all or nothing when he calls in Marner and he calls in Mikheyev and he deals with Sheldon and everything is like almost uh, like a psychologist, right? Like he's, there's a compliment sandwich there for everyone and you're doing great. We maybe think you could do better here, but also you're doing great. You know, like I, maybe the players need to see a little bit more of that, uh, of what's authentically there, which is anger and frustration and like, impatience with this process and maybe he's sick of trust in the process and maybe some people have to feel that from him along the way to know it's there just win just win, and, baby. And, and and maybe that side of him never comes out <laughs> but yeah. he can't he cannot be disappointed again this season like he was in the last three games i, I don't think yeah no 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 because he has to feel like his job is on the line here and like anybody else, when you get a little insecure or scared for your security, it's a you know it's natural, you know it's authentic, swinging <laughs> yeah, and going yeah. down with a fight. Yeah, the claws come out. And the claws come out. Anyways, our thanks to Aaron Ward and Scott Gomez, who gave us a, a real deep look into the workings of uh, Lou Lamarillo. Yeah. That was fun today. That really was. Great guess. All right, Justin. Good job today. We got tomorrow one more full day without a Leaf game. Can we, can we handle that? Sure. We'll go deep on deep dive on Pierre Sammy, Engel. you good?
Yeah, just don't think it's the worst thing in the world to wear a suit to an NHL hockey game, fellas. I'm with you on that. You know, wouldn't be too bad. We're old school here on Real Kipper and Born. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you tomorrow.